You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hello, Church on Mill. Welcome to uh, an experiment. We have never done a podcast before. We may wish at the end of this, and you may wish we'd never done one, but we're going to attempt in uh, the coming days to uh, put out a podcast around the theme, Jesus is Better. You can look on the church website and see some articles as well as prayers, some videos, and uh, we thought we'd just try to continue some conversations here by way of a podcast. We'll be doing this different ways, uh, different times, so sometimes we'll have some guests on who will uh, do some interviews, answer some questions, uh, make some knock-knock jokes, should be a good time. And uh, other times you may be just stuck with me. This is uh, Chuck Newkirk. So this first one, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to think with you around the topic of a house arrest. You know, depending on uh, how you process the experience we're having right now, it feels a bit like prison, doesn't it? I mean, really, we are stuck at home and it feels like we can't go anywhere or do any of the typical things we would do. That's a uh, rough equivalent, perhaps, of, of being in prison. And certainly as it gets hotter here in the valley, it is heating up. It's going to get more and more and more uncomfortable. So I was thinking about some connections we could make to uh, parts of the Bible where they were under house arrest. And Uh, Paul, of course, is one of the great examples. Paul went through multiple different types of imprisonments, and uh, hopefully we won't go through multiple different types of coronavirus imprisonments, but we may. So maybe we could think together about uh, what it would be like to be under house arrest. Some of the times Paul was in prison, he was in what, what we would consider like a typical prison, meaning um, in a jail cell with bars, uh, fastened and unable to go anywhere. Typical prison. Um, Think about, for example, when he was in Philippi. He got locked up in prison and uh, spent the night singing and praising and worshiping God. That's pretty amazing. Incredible, remarkable joy that he had in the Lord. But not every time that Paul was in prison was it like that. Uh, Think, for example, with me about uh, the end of the book of Acts. We are working our way through Acts, and um, sometime in the year 2049, we will be finishing the book of Acts. 2049. But at the very end, it says in Acts 28, chapter, chapter 28, verse 30, he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Friends, the uh, there, he lived there two whole years, is referring to the time that Paul spent under house arrest in the city of Rome. As a a Roman citizen, he was given certain uh, uh, rights and privileges, and one of those was as a prisoner of notoriety, he was given the ability to stay at home, locked up under house arrest, had a guard chained to him, and yet 
he could have people come and go, and he was able to share the gospel with them. Two years! That's a long time to be stuck under house arrest. Those of you who have little kids may feel like it's been two years, but hasn't been quite that long yet. But can you imagine what it would have been like to be stuck at home, unable to go anywhere for two years? That's remarkable. But what's even more remarkable is what Paul spent that time doing. Verse 31 told us that he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. Uh, I find that incredibly convicting. Uh, We've only been in this uh, a few weeks, all in all, and uh, it's getting more and more difficult as time drags on to think rightly about God and to spend the time well, not droning on and on in endless social media and YouTube and Netflix uh, and video games usage. But Paul spent those two years happily, joyfully, enthusiastically proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching the Lord Jesus with all boldness. So I guess the question I'd have for you if we were able to sit down in person together, looking each other in the eyeballs and just having a good old-fashioned, normal, everyday conversation, is how in the world was that possible? How did a human being for two years live under house arrest, keep his sanity, love the Lord Jesus, and share him with other people? Well, it wasn't that Paul had some kind of magic superpower. It wasn't that he wasn't affected by his trials. It wasn't that um, he didn't have hard days. Now, I think the answer lies actually um, in the book of Philippians. If uh, you're out walking or driving or something, don't pick up a Bible. If you're somewhere you can, grab one. But in Philippians chapter four, verse four, Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. I learned as a kid the song, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. Um, We just annihilated the chances of this podcast surviving. Uh, Verse 5, he goes on to say, Let your reasonableness be be known (laughs) to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Then he goes on to talk about anxiety. Really powerful passage that we're all uh, probably familiar with. But the reason I brought up this uh, passage is a little bit further along, he makes this statement. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What an amazing statement. Brothers and sisters, the key here seems to be the word learned. Paul learned how to be content. He learned 
whatever situation, whatever circumstance he was in, that it was possible to be a person who reached the point of being able to stand on his own two feet, having a sufficiency in Christ to meet whatever the day brought with joy. That's ultimately what we're trying to capture as we think together about the fact that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than our circumstances being back to the way they were. Uh, Jesus is better than not being in house arrest. Jesus is better than being able to go to every restaurant we would normally want to go to. Jesus is better. You fill in the blank. We could put anything we want in there. Paul learned uh, contentment. I think that's how he was able at the end of Acts to continue proclaiming the truth about Jesus Christ with boldness and without hindrance was because he had learned through hardship, learned through trial, learned through difficulty, that in Jesus Christ, because Jesus is better, that he was able to meet any and every circumstance with an attendant joy. Our prayer uh, for you right now as, as staff, as deacons, as your elders, has been that uh, you would be finding in God's grace through relationships with one another as we read the scriptures, as we pray, as we go to God, that he is really, really, really enough. Jesus is a better. Joy, you see, brothers and sisters, is not principally found in favorable circumstances, but in the all-sufficient Savior. Whether we're in uh, house arrest another couple of weeks, or much, much, much longer. Friend, you can learn contentment. You can learn it because the Holy Spirit is the great helper, and he is within, and he is teaching each one of us. In uh, future podcasts, we'll uh, be welcoming some guests who will be uh, engaging in dialogue with me. I think that'll be a lot more fun and easy Uh, to listen to than just uh, another little mini sermon. So thanks for listening to this first preview. In coming episodes, we will be considering together in many different ways the fact that uh, Jesus is better. And we want to just give you a little bit of preview of what this would be like in this particular episode. If I could leave you with this closing thought. Um, Years ago, when I was very first starting in ministry, uh, there was an, an old guy Uh, who was serving as an elder. He doesn't feel to me like he's all that much uh, old now, given uh, where I am. But uh, he, at the time, I was in my 20s, he was in his 80s. And I heard this uh, old brother say repeatedly, Chuck, the devil always overplays his hand. Chuck, the devil always overplays his hand. Frankly, at first, I was rather annoyed by that. I thought, Uh, I've got to be respectful, kind, thoughtful um, toward this guy, but I don't have any idea what he's talking about, and he's always saying the same thing. But you know what? He's right. The devil does always overplay his hand. The devil thought, if we can get Paul locked up in house arrest, then the ministry that he's doing is going to stop. It's not going to go forward. The gospel is not going to continue to be preached. 
if we can take out the top missionary, then maybe we can take out the spread of the gospel. But what happened? Well, what happened is the devil did what he always does. He overplayed his hand. He ended up putting Paul in a situation in which he was, Paul was very content. He was joyful in Christ. And he had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to share the gospel, to write scriptures we still read today. And maybe there's a lesson in that for us today. What Satan meant for evil, God means for good. This pandemic is really hard. This is a difficult time. But the devil's overplaying his hand because all of us can be learning Jesus is better. And as we learn that and we are less dependent on idolatry and we are far more dependent on the all-sufficient Jesus, then imagine how much stronger your own walk with Jesus is going to be, your friendships are going to be, your relationships um, with a spouse, with kids, with parents, with aunts, with uncles. Imagine how much stronger our church is going to be. Imagine how many people are going to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil always overplays his hand. That old geezer was right, and I'm so thankful he was. So as we uh, round out this uh, first edition of the Jesus is Better podcast, I want to thank you for listening. You are gracious and kind. Uh, you can send all your critiques to Tad Skinner. That's T-A-D, Tad, at churchonmill.org. If anything's bad about this, it's his fault. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.